Well, hello there, and uh, thank you for joining me here at the Film Survivor Podcast. This, of course, is your host. I'm Tom Santilli. I am the national film critic for Access.com, and I cover the show Survivor, of course, for RealityT.com. Thanks for joining me today. Got a lot of cool stuff uh, coming up with uh, Gordon Holmes. Uh, Got an interview with him. Uh, He is uh, the creator of the uh, Survivor Hall of Fame. Uh, He writes, uh, covers Survivor um, for XfinityTV.com. He's one of the elite Survivor press people. And uh, I have talked to him quite a few times over the years. If anybody remembers or followed me when I was the Survivor Examiner for Examiner.com, it was a popular thing that we did pretty much every season uh, for quite a while there. For a while, I talked to Gordon. Gordon actually gets to go out on the island um, the first couple days of filming. So he has a lot of insight, and uh, it's always good to talk to Gordon. So we will be checking in with him. I wanted to uh, first let you know, though, I wanted to appreciate, uh, let you know my appreciation for uh, checking out the new podcast. Uh, the first episode, I was I was flattered and floored by uh, the amount of downloads and uh, attention that it got. Uh, it was great. Makes me feel great. Thanks, guys. And uh, really... Uh, I don't know, off to a good start with it. So, hope you enjoyed it. Uh, Again, you can find uh, the podcast. It's everywhere, pretty much. Um, Best way to do it, though, is to follow me on Twitter, at Tom Santilli. And I'm also on Facebook. It's uh, facebook.com forward slash film survivor. I have a website, tomsantilli.com. If you're wondering how to spell Santilli, that is S-A-N-T-I-L-L-I. Uh, and the Film Survivor Podcast is also on iTunes again, and it's on Podbean, and of course, um, bringing you exclusive exit interviews this year uh, on realitytea.com uh, through the podcast. But like I promised, occasionally we're going to talk about some other different stuff. You know, I'm a film critic also for access.com, uh, so we're going to have some movie content here and there. Uh, today, of course, is going to be more of a Survivor-centric episode uh, where I'm talking with Gordon, uh, but... Quickly on the movie front, how many people saw Kong uh, Skull Island this past weekend? It's a pretty cool movie, I thought. I liked it. Uh, I gave it a B. Um, made 60-some million dollars. But if you haven't seen Logan yet, make sure you go out and check out Logan. Uh, Logan, to me, one of the one of the best comic book movies maybe ever. Doesn't get a lot of, you know, it doesn't get a lot of praise or attention because it's a comic book movie. Like, people can't yet take it too seriously, but... I truly think Hugh Jackman in this movie um, is worthy of some consideration, uh, acting consideration. I mean, he, he's that good in this movie. Uh, Daphne Keene, who plays the young girl, uh, she's great. Patrick Stewart, of course, Sir Patrick Stewart, who will be, uh, fun fact, will be playing the poop emoji in uh, the new Emoji movie that's coming out. Yes, they're making an Emoji movie. Um, he, of course, plays Prof- Professor X. He's awesome, uh, just a great movie, dark, adult, uh, not to get too nerdy on everybody out there, but if you're a comic book fan, I mean, really a comic book fan, you know that some of the best adult content, I'm not talking about porn, I'm talking about adult, like, adult-themed content, uh, a lot of it is found in comic books. You know, comic books are not, you know, Batman from the 60s, uh, so... I was really happy to see this movie uh, made the way it was, bold, 
Anyway, big fan of Logan. Check it out. But I also was a fan of Kong Skull Island. Liked it. Uh, see that too. That's in weekends. And then next weekend, Beauty and the Beast. So if you want to look at my or check out my full reviews of these movies again, follow me at uh, at Tom Santilli on Twitter. And uh, again, I'm the national film critic for Access.com. That's the letters AXS.com. So with that. I uh, talked about Gordon a little bit earlier, but I'll just get into him a little bit more here. You know, again, he's the Survivor writer, covers the show for XfinityTV.com. He's one of the elite press members of the Survivor Press Corp. Uh, he is the creator and curator of the Survivor Hall of Fame, which started in 2010. And he has his very popular Survivor Power Rankings um, at XfinityTV.com. That is a fun, interactive thing for fans of the show to do uh, during the season. So without further ado, I like to say that a lot, but without further ado, uh, here is my interview, my chat with Sir Gordon Holmes. Hey, Gordon, it's Tom. Hey, Tom, how's it going? It's going great, man. How are you doing? Who gave you this number? <laughs> uh, you did. No, I'm good. We're just... Uh... <laughs> Preparing for, uh, here in the city of brotherly love, preparing for Snowpocalypse 2017. Nice. Uh, wife's running off to the grocery store to make sure we have, uh, here in the Northeast, you need eggs, milk, and bread, <laughs> uh, I'm assuming. Uh, I think that's to make French toast or something, so. That's, um, uh, you're kind of playing like a Philadelphia version of uh, Survivor. Yes, exactly. So, you know, we, you can't survive two days in a in a house by yourself without those, those three staples. So <laughs> is there any threat uh, that your wife might vote you out of, uh, out of the game? I absolutely know that she, uh, probably feels that on a daily basis. Um, <laughs> just having to deal with me and my sense of humor and dealing with survivor <laughs> itself. So, uh, that's a very real possibility. I don't know if she has the numbers considering it's just two of us. Um, yeah, but yeah, <laughs> that's awesome, man. Well, Hey dude, I, it's great to talk to you again. Um, Thanks for uh, you know sticking with me through all the drama of all the different outlets that I've been <laughs> going through lately. Uh, it's been kind of crazy on my end. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I actually did a tally. I went back through just because I was I was bored today a little bit, and uh, this is the the 13th time that we've that we've chatted. Wow. I'm surprised you've been able to put up with me that much. <laughs> I know, against popular demand after the first one, I, I keep <laughs> right. coming back for, for whatever reason. <laughs> well, apparently you're a glutton for punishment, which seems to be where I thrive. <laughs> I keep giving you another chance. You know, I'm like, the ratings will go up next time. You know, people will, people will actually listen maybe this next season. Maybe I'll I have something it. good to say. Yeah. <laughs> the, the definition of insanity is trying the same thing, hoping for a different result. Exactly, exactly. Speaking of which, um, insane, right, that we just watched, of course, Survivor Game Changers, the premiere episode, um, the 500th episode of Survivor. Yeah. Nuts. That's a, like, it makes me feel so old. And the thing <laughs> is, because they, do, because they do two seasons a year, you know, this is season 34, so when you say that to people, they're like, Survivor's been on for 34 years? <laughs> no, no, no. It's, not quite. Exactly. It feels like it sometimes, but yeah, it. Um, you know, yeah, it's 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 crazy to think. And that, that's that's the first question I get all the time too. Is like, oh, that show's still on the air, and then I usually follow up and tell them, yeah, it's season thirty four, and that, yeah, then exactly, they're like, uh, what? Well, people who say that um, are horrible human beings. <laughs> I uh, agree. Just just from the the case where it's like, you know, check the numbers. Like the Survivor is one last last Wednesday. It, it you know. 
every time they put it up against something else, be it American Idol or whatever, like yeah. Survivor, you know, no pun intended, has managed to survive. You know, other other shows, you know, they hit these peaks and then they dwindle off, but Survivor has just been steady as she goes for so long. It's it's so right. Like this is not like George Foreman like fighting at age sixty. You know what I mean? Like this is like right. it's still winning in the ratings and it's still a popular show. I, I think the fan base, like the core fan base, has kind of stayed the same size. I feel like you know, and then season to season, it might get some extra people kind of jumping on. Um, but I feel like there's a strong core, and by core, I, I mean that's ten, twelve million people. Sure, and, and not only that, like, and this always kind of blows my mind because you know, I, I, on Facebook, I'm still you know, acquaintances with people I knew in high school who now, now have, you know, children, you know, 10, 12 years old. And, and uh, I hear this often that le- usually it's people seeing if I can get them buffs. Um, <laughs> but little kids love Survivor. And, um, and I, I get it. Like, I, I, it, did, it didn't occur to me not having children my, of my own. I, I don't know what children watch. But, you know, the, the adventure and the, the outdoors and, the, you know, the, the challenges and the, the big bright colors – I figured they'd be bored by strategy talk, but, you know, it seems like kids really seem to love Survivor. I keep expecting my five-month-old to watch the show with me, you know, like a big moment, <laughs> like his first episode ever, and he just can't stay. He hasn't stayed up that late, which is great for me. He's going to bed, sleeping through the night. That's a whole other podcast, though. That kid needs some caffeine in order to... Uh... <laughs> Parenting advice from Gordon Holmes. There you have it. Yeah, that, that's maybe not the, the best. <laughs> Well, um, with the 500th episode, I uh, it was it seemed like it was a big campaign um, on the part of maybe CBS, but uh, almost every former Survivor was posting their their favorite Survivor moment, um, which of course is insane to boil down if you're a Survivor fan, you know, to pick right. a, a single moment. Um, I'll tell you mine real quick first, but then I, I was curious to find out yours. But I mentioned mine was um, the. When I thought about everything, I mean, and there's so many again, the, the whole sequence of episodes in Heroes versus Villains, where it was Boston Rob pitted against Russell Hance, um, there was a scene where they confronted each other, and kind of Russell was trying to, you know, get you know over on on Boston Rob, and Boston Rob was kind of going back. I just felt like it was like the two titans of Survivor at that at the time battling it out and I just thought that kind of culminated everything I love about the show in terms of the strategy and the characters and the drama um, but that's what I picked uh, hopefully I didn't steal your thunder hopefully we don't have the same exact moment but what would you uh, say no. Mr. Gordon Holmes well going back to yours real quick there's something to be said about when it's not an easy vote it's not you know this person's annoying or this person's weak at challenges you know it, it, it's two people are going head to head and they're rallying their troops we saw something like that uh, this week with Sandra and um, yeah and Tony, there's something to be said. Like in, in last season, it was Zeke and David. Like there's something to be said about when, all right, you know, it, it's kind of like in a, in a card game where you know both both t- players go all in and one's going home and one gets to stick around. So right. Like that's an awesome moment that, that you chose from an awesome season. Well, thank um, you. My pick, my pick was, um, and it, it, I, I guess you know, there's over 34 seasons. There's been so much. I kind of go back to when I fell in love with Survivor, when I realized, you know, this was going to become a, a regular part of my, my viewing. Um, and I remember, I remember when the, the first um, cast announcement went out for Survivor, when they were looking for people that want to, you know, go oh, live wow. on an island. Off. I remember thinking, like, that, that sounds awesome. I'm definitely going to check this out. But then Survivor happened, and I watched it, and I, I re- like, it wasn't like appointment viewing. Right. Um, I, 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 you know, I would have it taped, you know, two, three episodes I have to catch up on. And the, the moment that, that happened, that I was like, this is going to be 
something I, I, I dedicate a lot of my time to was in the, the last episode of Borneo, where it was the final three immunity, where, um, you know, the three of them are, yes. it's, it's uh, Richard Hatch, it's Rudy Bosch, and it's uh, Kelly Wigglesworth. And I remember watching this thinking, man, I love Richard Hatch, <laughs> but and if he wins this challenge, he's going to lose the game. Um, and if, and if, like, it, it, it just, it, you know, I wanted, wanted him to win, but not wanting to win, realizing what the, what the results would be. So when he lifted his hand off, Mm-hmm. That to me was the, the first example because, like, the first time I heard of of the concept, I'm like, you know, I would just get four buddies and and run the the table. Like to me, to me, creating a, a an alliance wasn't a, a brilliant move. It seemed it seemed like you know immediately what people would be going towards. It was when right. when Richard did the math, realized that if he won, he would lose, and he just stepped out. Um, that to me was was mind blowing. It's it's easily my favorite moment from Survivor. It's what made me a fan. Um, and in hindsight, I, going through my career and, and my, my life, how much I actually owe to Survivor, um, you know, that this sound, might sound ridiculous, but that's one of the turning points in my life, if you want to look at it that way. Wow. So um, that's my pick, Richard Hatch, jumping out of Final Three Immunity. I think that's super fantastic. And of course, I mean, Borneo, the first season, I think, is where, it, you know, a lot of it hooked. That moment, of course, was the culmination of... Uh, of the whole season. I really think too, that survivor doesn't become what it became. If hatch doesn't win the first season, you know, like the, the part of the allure to the, the whole thing was the fact that a guy like that could actually win, you know, at the time it was very controversial that, you know, this guy was going to win the game. And um, I think that if it would have had, you know, I, I just felt like it brought interest to it and, and really made people kind of interesting. Like his strategy um, had it been a losing strategy, wouldn't, you know, be looked back on as, this intrigue of, of the game. I don't know. I, but I, I totally agree with you that that moment. Awesome. Just super awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if, if you look back at it, the things that Richard Hatch is hated for or was hated for, mm-hmm. um, you know, involved creating an alliance, which, you know, everybody does. And, right. you know, maybe he was annoying, but like, you know, he like, obviously people in the cast liked him enough to vote to give him the million dollars. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, you know, comparing him to, you know, like a Russell Hance or a, a fair play as far as being a villain, it just doesn't seem seem fair. But at, at that True. time, um, just you know, he he was if, without that moment. Maybe that sh- like it, the show was hot then, but right, you know, maybe it, if Kelly wins, you know, and I think those those both would have been popular winners at the time. Yes, but maybe it doesn't open the door for Survivor can be anything. We've had bad guys win, good guys win. Uh, we've just been such a wide variety of winners. But, exactly. Yeah, Richard Hatch set it off. Well, um, that well, I gotta I gotta throw in a Brian Heideck reference because I I know you know that uh, with the Survivor Hall of Fame, which of course you um you know you're the creator cur- curator of the Survivor Hall of Fame. I put on my ballot every year uh, Brian Heideck. <laughs> Part of the reason why I put him on there, of course, he won Survivor Th- Thailand. Um, after Hatch, everybody was like, "Holy crap!" Like you know, like no nobody thought that somebody who was considered a so-called villain um could win the game again. And Heideck kind of went against that and was like, he was the Iceman and, you know, didn't care about anybody and didn't care about relationships. And he was kind of like Hatch 2.0 and he still managed to, to win the game um, with, with what is now, you know, the classic, you know, goat, uh, you know, thing, bringing uh, Clay with him to, to the end. Um, mm-hmm. What do you think of Brian Heideck, man? I put him out there every year. I know Dalton Ross has agreed with me a couple times, in, or maybe I've agreed with Dalton Ross. I should say it like that more. But uh, what what do you what do you think of Brian Heideck as a as a Survivor winner? 
Well, you know, doing the Survivor Hall of Fame, you know, all day, every day, you know, during that the couple week period, just get people's takes. And at Heidek is is one that, you know, the, Thailand was when I kind of started to to wane with my mm-hmm. Survivor love. Like I said, like it, it it kind of, you know, you kind of reached a period where it seemed like, you know, whoever had the numbers going to the merge would it, it, just like these alliances were sticking together. So I actually went back and rewatched uh, Survivor Thailand, and Heidek did. There's there's something to be said to me about you know, playing a perfect game. And that, that doesn't just mean getting to the end and getting all the votes. There's something about, uh, and this is, a, 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 I brought this up with Russell Hance. There's something to be said for not ruffling feathers when you don't need to. Um, and, right. and a big part of that was like uh, in Heroes versus Villains where Russell was like, I, I forgot what he said to Rupert, but it was something like, you know, really like Russell had the numbers. He was going to get rid of Rupert when he wanted to, but still felt the need to to dig the dagger in, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, as you know, this guy is going to vote in a couple of days. It's just foolish to me. Um, and I, when I brought that up to Hans, he said something, hey, I, it's not enough just to beat him. You got to kick him when they're down. That's a horrible yeah. Russell Hans, by the way. <laughs> and that's kind of how I felt about um, Heidek, where it, it just seemed like it, when you, when you're upsetting, like that, I think it's a huge flaw. Like when you're upsetting somebody and I, I don't remember the season well enough to get into specifics. Sure. I just remember rewatching it. And like, I, you know, I, like, you know, if you get to the end and you get the votes, you win, man, that's, there's no right or wrong. Um, no matter what people who watch Korong think. Um, <laughs> but it was an example of like, uh, you know, it, it just, well, well and Chris, Chris Daughtry, um, I might not, I might not be pronouncing his name, last yes, name right. Yep. Another example where it's like, why are you riling up these people that are going to vote later? Um, so that, like, you know, Heidegg obviously, I think, is, was was a you know the right winner for that season. Not that there's a wrong winner, sure. Um, but as far as gameplay, I, I just don't have the love for him that a lot of the people um, in the hardcore community seem to have. He'll be a tough sell, but I got to keep bringing him up just in case. You gotta be true to yourself. It's like, um, you know, I I, I I rang the fair play bell for years and years before that happened. <laughs> it's it's like following the Detroit Tigers. You just have to keep doing it over and over again because one of the years you'll be right and you want to say that you were on the bandwagon the whole time. Right. You know that. Or who do you follow? Yeah, I know you're. A, are you a St. Louis fan? I'm a St. Louis Cardinals fan, so everybody hates my guts. <laughs> All right. Well, taking moving from that, uh, segueing from everybody hating your guts. Um, you get to go out and be a part of Survivor. You you are one of the, the, the elite members of the press that actually get to go out to uh, certain seasons of Survivor. Um, and I want to talk to you. I know you were out there for Game Changers uh, this season. So, um, for, bef- bef- you know, first of all, kind of though, the experience of going out there, I know you've been doing it now for several seasons. Um, not every season, I know, but, you know, for several years. But right. what's the experience um, like? Like, what what what's changed over the the first time you went out there versus how you, when you go out there now? You know, like what's the kind of walk people through who you know dream about being a part of the show, um, dream about uh, you know being behind the scenes of the show. Uh, tell us a little bit about what the experience is like. Uh, sure. Uh, the first, you know, I, I tend to do one one a year. Um, you know, it's not an easy trip. You know, especially if sure. it's someplace like Fiji, you'll be gone for. We're, we're usually out there for a couple days before the, the game starts and then the first the first cycle, the first three days. So, you know, this 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 week can be like a week and a half, two weeks. You know, it's it's twenty four straight hours of flying and it, it's mm-hmm. it's not a walk in the park. So once once a year seems like it's enough. Um, and basically what it is, and I've been doing this since Survivor Gabon, is you know, you, you go out, uh, you interview the cast before the game starts. Um, and you know, that that's something that is 
is, you know, the, the game starts even in a non in a returning season. The game starts as immediate as soon as like they're on the show. They're calling each other, right. texting each other. Uh, but even in a uh, a non returning season, when you're interviewing these people, and um, you know, an example in Gabon was I think it was maybe it was Sugar who accidentally forgot her iPod. <laughs> That's how how long ago it was, um, and like. You know, you've got this like thing of bios that they're not allowed to see, and she forgot her iPod and and um, tried to get a hold of these bios. So, like the game starts then. They're trying to get information <laughs> out of you. Um, it, it's very much much like being in a prison where you know the guards have to like cover their mouths when they talk, so they don't <laughs> want anybody reading their lips. So you, you interview the cast, uh, you interview members of the crew from the art department, you interview John Kerhoffer, who's in charge of challenges. The, you know, the producers. You interview Jeff Probst. Um, Are and you? Then you're there uh... for the are you like are you staying with crew? Or do they have a certain spot with for press? Are you staying with uh, you know where these where the crew is staying? All that kind of stuff. Well, it depends. In in Gabon, there were they were literally in the middle of nowhere, um, and we had dome tents in the middle of in the you know in the middle of a field. Wow. Um, granted, that was the season that they gave the the cast huts in case of elephants, um, <laughs> but we had dome tents, and they told us not to worry about elephants, even though, no joke, there was like a steaming pile of elephant. Uh, <laughs> Dung, maybe 30 yards away from our camp. Oh my gosh! Um, but and then sometimes it's it's a hotel. There, there's a, there's like a base camp where you know all the the camera crews meet, and there's like a mess tent and places where they do laundry because it's basically a moving city. They have to take care of you know thousands of people for three or four months at a time. So like basically anything you would want is there. Um, but you know more often than not we're at a a a, uh, a hotel somewhere and it's it's. It might be where some of the crew or, or where others are staying. For these returning um, player seasons, are you aware of who the cast is as you're going out there? Or are you finding it out for the first time when you go to interview them? It depends. Okay. Um, more like the the story I love to tell is when we went out for I probably told you this when we went out for South Pacific. Um, all they had said was that two returning players were going to be coming back. Ah. And I met up with um, Mara Reinstein from Us Weekly mm-hmm. at uh, LA at uh, LAX as we were flying out. And I'm like, so who do you think's coming back? And she's like, I think Coach might be one of them. And I'm like, oh, what makes you think that? And she says, well, he's over there doing yoga in a corner. Uh, <laughs> and I looked over, sure enough, there's Coach in the middle of LAX doing yoga. Mara, very uh, insightful. So yeah, we, right. <laughs> so we don't always know, uh, but but if it's returning season, uh, sometimes we do. Um, but yeah, so then yeah, after that, we're there for the first three days of the shoot. We're there for when they for the drop. We're there for the first immunity challenge. We're there for tribal council. We also get to visit the individual base camp, or not base camp, excuse me, the individual tribe camps, which tends to be stressful because you have to, you know, you have to wear like, um, you can't wear, you have to wear like dark clothing. You have to stay behind a camera person so you don't get, end up, you know, ruining a shot. Um, that can be stressful. Although I've, I've yet to ruin a shot, I'm proud to say. <laughs> um, and every now and then you catch, you catch them in the middle of something. Um, it, this, but now that the game is faster and they're, they're playing much faster, it, I've had more luck recently. But a good example is in this past episode, there was a moment where uh, six members of the Mana Tribe, I think it was uh, Jeff, Malcolm, Sierra, Michaela, Aubrey, and Haley were talking by the water well near where the, the spy bunker was. Um, and that's where Sierra threw out the name Caleb mm. it, in case, they, in case um, Tony had an idol. I was there for that. I was behind... Um, Oh, cool. You know, out behind the cameraman who was filming it. So that, that was pretty exciting. Um, and while we're out there, we we run a test of the of an immunity challenge. So usually it's the first immunity challenge, but it isn't always. Uh, we run that against the Dream Team, and they're, they're a collection of uh, production assistants who are on, on set the entire run who just 
you know, run the challenges to make sure they're safe and, and entertaining and fair. Um, and then, you know, after that final tribal, we're usually out the next morning. So, um, but as far as things changing over the years, um, I don't know, honestly, if it's, if it's changed that much, okay. um, other than, you know, knowing people and, and seeing familiar faces and, you know, getting to, getting to like, and it, it is really, this sounds hokey. It is like a, a big family. Um, that's great. You know, um, it, it is a good time, uh, to, to be out there. And, you know, I've start I've formed relationships with, with several members of the press and, and with the, the CBS crew. So it's always, it's always good to see familiar faces. Well, we all um, know too that, you know, Probst, uh, like when Cochran, his season, um, it was a big deal when Probst refers to somebody as their last name. You know, we have Penner yeah. and we have Hatch and we have Cochran. I notice in your, all your interviews with Probst, he calls you Holmes, which I think is awesome. I think you've, you've earned that status. Well, I didn't, I didn't realize that was such a, a, a badge of honor until <laughs> Cochran. I, 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 like it was years later um, when I was, I was probably transcribing something and he called me Holmes. I was like, wow. <laughs> I, I, just assume, I just assume he hates my guts. Um, <laughs> probably forgot your first I, name, but yeah. I, I was touched. I was touched when I, when I noticed that. Well, that's awesome, man. <laughs> so when you're out there now for this season, Game Changers, um, you find out the cast, you see who's out there, uh, you're told that it's, you know, Survivor Game Changers, I'm assuming. Who were you, who's the one person, if you had to pick out of the hat, that you say that you would say you were the most excited to be seeing playing Survivor again? Well, um, you know, I based my, the Survivor Hall of Fame is based on people I thought changed the game. That's, that's why that came about. Um, so I have a, like, and I, I said this to Jeff, is that Game Changer to me is a very grandiose term. Mm-hmm. And the way I worded him is, you know, baseball has 30 all-stars a year, probably more than that, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, but how many people legitimately changed the game? You know, Babe mm-hmm. Ruth, Jackie sure. Robinson, names like that. So sure. to me, that was a, a very, very big name. Um, and, you know, personally, Malcolm, I adore. Um, uh, but as far as the person I was most excited, and maybe this didn't even happen until our interview, uh, but Sandra Diaz Twine mm-hmm. is somebody who a lot of people – will look at her and maybe watch her game and not get it. Right. Um, and maybe, maybe I'm guilty of that as well when she won Heroes versus Villains. But to, to sit in the middle of a sweltering hot jungle and bounce, uh, one, of the, one of the things I did was I um, came up with this uh, exercise where I would give them reasons why the, the, uh, the cast might want to get rid of them and to have them defend against it. And she is just sharp as a tack, <laughs> thinking of angles I never would have thought of Wow. Um, a great example of that was in this past episode where everybody's meeting at the water well, and Tony's like, uh, hey, Sandra, who do you want to get rid of? And that's an awful Tony. <laughs> that's a great Tony. And that was way better than your, uh, your first that. impression. <laughs> you you got to start off any Tony with, hey, and then the person you're dressing's name. So, hey, Tom, <laughs> I got an idea for you, Tom. Um, so, hey, Sandra, who do you want to vote on, Sandra? And um, she responded, oh, I don't care. Something along those lines. And he responded, no, you've got to say something. And her response was, uh, not verbatim was you tell me who you're thinking of and I'll give you my thoughts, which to me, <laughs> especially, especially in a, in an episode that the person who got voted out was because they brought up a name. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Like that's like, you know, you're, you're starving, you're tired, you know, and every co- you're having a million conversations, but to have that level of, it seems like she's always on. It seems like, like, like uh, just hearing that line just perked me up that like <laughs> this, this is a person who, you know, I don't know. I don't know how far she's going to get because there's always going to be a reason to get rid of her. But talking to her was a pleasure. And I, I've said this. I don't. You know, I've, I've been doing this a long time. I've been doing celebrity interviews a long time. I don't fangirl over anybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I think 
everybody's just a person. But talking to Sandra was awesome. Like it just she is is next level survivor. That's great, and I've I've been a huge uh, Sandra, huge fan and and supporter of her like whenever the debates come down as far as you know the best winners or the you know some of the best players i just think it's it's indisputable indif- you know when you've played the game only twice and you've won both times nobody else has done that nobody else has won the game more than once i think it's like a done deal you know what i mean when somebody else has two wins then maybe you can start comparing them to sandra's game uh but then not only to have won twice it's probably something that will we might see it again because there might be a winner's season where you know somebody's going to have to win twice. But for her to even have like the <laughs> the cojones to like come out and play and put her reputation on the line again, um, I think that's awesome. I think that takes a lot of uh, a lot of guts. Oh yeah, and I've always been of the belief that you know, but before heroes versus villains, that unless it's a ret- uh, an all winner season, you know, a reality show is not going to let somebody else stand head and shoulders above everybody else. Mm-hmm. I, I couldn't imagine a jury awarding another winner unless they had no choice. Sure. Um, and but she did it like and she man, she, like just that that first episode just blew me away talking to her just like her 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 in my in my book, her name. She just went up so high. <laughs> like and again, talking to her was a pleasure. Um, just she gets it like she she gets people. And she she gets the game. That exchange at the end, though, at the tribal council, it's, it's it's in a weird way. It was very much in character for Sandra because that's her personality. You know, she's feisty. Um, you know, she that's how she is. Um, so I don't fault her for that. But as far as her in-game survivor personality, I felt like that was maybe the first time I've actually seen her do something that might be considered a mistake in the game. You know, um, yeah. I think that there's been some uh, backlashes, at least with the fans, as far as her attitude, her cockiness, um, you know, maybe calling her, you know, referring to herself as the queen in front of the other. It's one thing to do it in a testimonial. It's another thing to do it in front of the tribe at tribal council as you're taunting a guy walking away from you. <laughs> you know what I mean? What did you think of yeah. that? But this might run counter to what I was saying about Brian Heideck, um, but... Uh, I think it was Sophie um, from South Pacific said that she intentionally wanted to have an enemy. She wanted to, she didn't want it to seem like she's the nice person that everybody likes because then they'd be less likely to take her to the end. I'm wondering, like, and, and again, Sandra does, I, I think she plays on the next level. I wouldn't put it past her if this is part of her goal is to not just be like, get your million, get it with Sandra, but also being like, look, I'm not the nice, uh, you know, I'm not like super passive. This nice person is going to float to the end and then sneak in and win it. Because if if I'm more aggressive, um, in a negative way, like like yelling mm-hmm. at Tony, that people like again, like she's going to have it. It adds to her goat resume. Sure. Which sounds odd, but like um, and I think it was Sierra said something along the lines of, you you know that person that's kind of a, a jerk, but they but they can they can say what they want, but they get away with it because mm-hmm. that's just what people accept them as. That's how she feels about Sandra. Okay. It's like when she says something like that, it's easy to be like, oh, Sandra. So again, if this is adding to her, her goat resume, but then she can get away with it because, um, you know, certain people have that personality, um, then I, I think that that's a win for her. And, and again, th- that, this is all conjecture. Like, mm, I don't know. Sure. This, that, that might be me. It's like, you know, when, when somebody has a record like her, it's easy to be like, ooh, she's smart enough to do this. Um, but, you know, maybe the heat of the moment got her. And the, the opposite end of the spectrum from Sandra, we have a couple players, like you said, that the name of the game, Game Changers, that's, that has a huge connotation to it. 
Uh, it's not an all-star. It's someone who's actually changed a game. A lot of a lot of flack out there for some of the people that have filled out this cast. Um, people like Haley, uh, Sierra, Don Thomas. Um, do you did you see something that maybe the casual fan did not see? You know, from interviewing these people, do, do does everybody who's out in that game, in your opinion, belong to be in this game changer season? You know, I I, I don't like uh, Sierra Easton. I mean, I'm sorry, Sierra, uh, Don Thomas, mm-hmm. and Haley Ford seem to be the, the two that stick out to most people. Um, you know, and, and I t- when I when I was giving Jeff grief over this, we kind of like there there was a lot of different. You know, does game changers mean like you know I'm Rob Sesternino and I changed the game because I wasn't content to go to a Final Four, or does it mean you know I'm Kelly Wentworth and I changed my game from uh, from I see from uh, San Juan del Sur to Second Chance and really made like she changed her personal game and you know like a lot of different like I oh my first game didn't work so I need to play change a different game and it like none of those. <laughs> you know, I think it's a subhead at the end of the day. I think, you know, I, I think they, you know, CBS or Survivor Production wanted these people back for a reason. Um, and, and, you know, that's that's why they're here. I don't, I don't think I don't anybody can legitimately claim that, you know, see, that Haley changed any game in uh, in Worlds Apart. Um, but at the same time, uh, you know, I, they're not my first picks, but, you know, I, I'm always, I'm always interested to see a player like that who is, has been getting a lot of grief. You know, the, these women, these two in particular, had, you know, a two days full of interviews with you know, myself, Josh Wiggler, Dalton Ross, mm-hmm. uh, ET Canada, mm-hmm. EPK, all asking, why are you a game changer? And they're not dumb. Like, they're both very intelligent women. Mm-hmm. Um, if anything, hopefully this will encourage them. And, and not that you need to make – again, I think your goal in all of this should be to win. It right. shouldn't be to, to prove your worth to some sub, subhead that – you know, a marketing committee committee thought up. So um, I don't I don't feel like they should have to prove themselves, but I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if they feel they need to prove themselves. And the same thing with Game Changers. I'm sorry. Um, Second Chance is mm-hmm. these were all kind of um, on the fence returnees. These aren't your Boston Robs and your Parvities. So mm-hmm. you would think that like you know if you want to come back if you want to make your mark now is your last chance. You know if, if Sierra right. Don Thomas goes out there and you know floats around and gets booted post-merge without, you know, ever saying a word, then right. that's for her. So, sure. uh, yeah, so I, I wouldn't be surprised if those if those two in particular feel the need to step up. Well, if you'll indulge me for a minute, um, I know that you famously, and by famous I mean, like, worldwide, like, who doesn't yeah. know that Gordon Holmes does the Absolutely. word association game at the end of every one of his <laughs> interviews? Um, right. um, I wanted, if, if you'll indulge me and, and let me borrow the, the copyright for a minute, I wanted to turn the tables on you for a minute and just do a little word association game with you. Would you be open to that? Now, I, like, when I, most people know it's coming, but every now, every now and then you can be like, oh, I forgot. And you can just sense the, <laughs> the terror. That's what I'm feeling right now. <laughs> well, hopefully, you know, I, I won't, this hopefully won't, I won't go through the whole cast, but I just wanted to throw a few names at you. Okay. Okay. Troy Zan. Uh, underrated. Okay. Michaela. Um, sweetheart. Malcolm. Oh, uh, my boyfriend. <laughs> Does he know that? 
Yeah, but my uh, if you read my interview with him, it, it got pretty uh, uh, not offensive. But my at one point, I'm like, you know, I'm a married man, but you're my favorite person. Uh, I had some I had some explaining to do to my wife after she read it. All right, um, Ty. Um, over his head. Siri. Um, legend. Andrea. Um. I almost said underrated, but I did that for her. Um, she's got a lot of game we haven't seen yet. And last, of course, but not least, Jeff Probst. Um, Probst. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I want to say prof- uh, professional is the first thing that popped into my head, but that makes it sound like I don't like the guy. Um, I guess professional. Like, he, no one gets more grief than he does, but like, he like he really, um, he's really swinging. He's not mm-hmm. content to sit back. Um, and there, there was actually he invited us over for for dinner at his little bungalow. And um, there's a lot I'm not supposed to talk about, which makes it sound <laughs> bad, but it's not bad. Um, there was a was Malcolm there with you. Malcolm was not there. Okay. It was it was the press. Okay. Um, there was a uh, an instance where he kind of gave us a look behind the curtain at the, um, the process of, you know, coming up with the, the creative for the season. And it, the, the man is not resting on his laurels. I'll just, I'll just put it that way. Like he, he definitely wants to make the best show possible. You get that sense. I mean, it, it wouldn't, again, I don't think it would go 500 episodes if, if it was anything short of that. So that's, that's, I agree with you probably without having been at that bungalow. Yeah. So I, I don't mean, like, I don't mean perfect, like, I know I said professional, but like, he's a great guy. Um, and, and, you know, I, I've said this before, you could tell how the way, the way to tell if, if a, how, how a celebrity is in real life is to, to see how their crew feels about them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I've been to some TV sets where uh, sets of television shows where you could just sense that the, the crew was ready to murder this person. And <laughs> the, the opposite is true of Jeff. Like they adore him. That's great. Well, hey, um, I want to talk to you, too. You know, uh, thank you for doing that, by the way. I know we didn't talk about that ahead of time, so I, I appreciate you doing the Word Association Gordon Holmes game. <laughs> um, so the the rest of the season, um, I don't want to put you on the spot and ask you to predict a winner or anything like that, but if you had to make some predictions about the season, you can predict a winner if you would like to, but um, what do you what do you anticipate we see the rest of the season? What are you hoping for? What are you predicting uh, that we may see? Well, uh, I kind of get the feeling that this this game is going to slow down a little bit because the there's very definite threats, like right off the bat, like we saw with Tony. Um, your Tonys, your Sandras, your Cerise, uh, even your JTs to some extent, where if I were coming into this game, I would want to be Sierra Don Thomas. Like mm-hmm. that, that's, that seems to me like a good place to play from where you've got all these threats. Like it, the, the reason, you know, Sierra Easton was so easy to get rid of is because she's as crazy, like people view her as this huge threat, mm-hmm. and there's no benefit to keeping her on for challenges. Right. Um, so there, there, she really didn't have a leg to stand on. Um, whereas someone like Sierra Don Thomas is the exact opposite. You know, like she's athletic. She's she doesn't have like the like her and Haley who have no reputation coming into this mm-hmm. um, can can coast and can and like there are people like you know your JTs and your your Cerise are desperate to have people to play with like their biggest fear is to come out here and you know not get past their first tribal council so right 
Um, I, I imagine those people are going to have a lot of, like those, those like non-threats are going to have a lot of wiggle room. Um, I will give you my winner pick um, when I did my preseason rankings. Okay. Um, famously, I've never <laughs> picked a winner despite having done this every season except Gabon. So sorry for whoever he... you're about to name here. What's that? I said sorry to whoever you're about to name here. I know, right? Well, it's his own fault. Um, mathematically, I should have picked someone by now. And before Survivor Philippines, um, I interviewed this kid. Um, you might have heard of Malcolm Freeberg. I'm like, I fell in love with him. I'm like, this guy is going to be great. And um, he came close, but obviously he didn't win. And I did pick Denise second, so that's probably the closest I've come. Oh, wow. Okay. So I interviewed him before Survivor Caramoan, um, knowing he hadn't won. And... Um, he was like, whatever you do, do not pick me. I don't want the Gordon Holmes curse. So I'm fine. <laughs> I, I didn't pick him. Um, he didn't win then either. So when I was out there, you know, he made a point to be like, you need to pick me. We're going to do this together, which, you know, <laughs> I, I really appreciate that enthusiasm. Um, but you know what? I probably would have picked him anyway. Um, it, it, there's something about somebody who has his level of experience seeing the holes in their game. And, and a good example is, you know, Boston Rob from All-Stars, may have never won if he kept being that same guy. Sure. Like he, he was very abrasive. Um, he, he wasn't, he, he, I don't know if he ever would have won a jury if he played a hundred times. Uh, you could probably say the same thing about Tyson from, from Survivor Tonkin Sheens. Like mm -hmm. that, that, that Tyson probably never, ever wins Survivor um, until, you know, he, he learns more about himself. He, he matures. Um, and I, I feel like that's where Malcolm is. You know, it's, it's an uphill battle, him being seen as a threat. Um, but, uh, again, he's. I, I, I got that sense from him that he saw the holes in his previous game, that he had matured as a person, and that um, you know he, he has a shot to do it. So that is my pick to win Survivor Game Changers. Well, he definitely. Him, yeah. Go ahead. Watch him get voted out this week. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I was gonna say he definitely has. Um, he's obviously persuasive because he asked you to vote for him, and 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 then you went ahead and voted for him to win. So. But at least, well, you know, the curse isn't, I mean, the curse isn't hanging over his head because you did let him play once without picking him, and he didn't win that year, so. Yeah, so he can't blame me for that one. <laughs> well, hey, man, um, always a pleasure again, Gordon, to talk to you. But uh, before we, I let you go here, um, why don't you tell people listening to this, uh, I, I'm a huge fan of your power rankings that you do. Um, why don't you tell people about that, what it is again? I know I always have you explain it, but uh, I, I, I just want to make sure all my viewers and, well, not viewers, who's viewing the podcast? My yeah, listeners. Who's viewing the... <laughs> I, I would have fixed my hair if I knew we had so many viewers. If you're staring at the screen right now, you can you can blink. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, you're not right. going to miss anything. Um, yeah, so tell us about the power rankings. Tell us where people can find uh, your, your survivor coverage um, and that sort of thing. Sure. Um, so every every year I score off against a, a former Survivor player uh, in the Survivor Power Rankings this season. It's um, Survivor Millennials versus Gen X winner Adam Klein and I going toe-to-toe. Nice. -to -toe. Um, basically what it is, every week he and I will rank the remaining players um, from safest to least safe um, from 1 to 18 this season. I'm uh, sorry, this episode. Mm -hmm. uh, the person that's voted out, that will be the score. So, you know, if, if the person I think is in the most trouble is voted out, I get 18 points and, and so forth. Um, and the person at the end of the season with the most points gets the uh, the, the title of Survivor Power Rankings Champion. It's very prestigious. <laughs> um, we actually have a couple of former Power rank Rankers on the uh, the season this year, Malcolm, uh, Andrea, uh, Sierra Easton. Um, I think that's it for this season. But, yeah, it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. You get a lot of insight from people who've played the game before and also get insight from somebody 
who's bad at picking winners? That's me. <laughs> How have you done uh, historically with the power rankings? I think I've won more than I've lost, um, but it, I haven't really kept like a, a significant tally. But uh, I think I think I'm I think I'm over 500 in that instance. And you do encourage um, fans too, right, to kind of throw their picks up there and comment and that sort of thing as well. Yeah, like if you, if you know. On Twitter, uh, it's Gordon Holmes, uh, at Gordon Holmes, G-O-R-D-O-N-H-O-L-M-E-S. And if you send me your, your picks, I'll, I'll retweet them. And I always think it's cool when people, like, play along and keep score. And and uh, although sometimes I'll get, like, you know, furious tweets about, like, scoring <laughs> rulings if there's some kind of a shenanigans going on in the show. Some people take it very seriously, which I, which I respect. Yeah, you got to. I admire. You got to. It's always something. But, hey, man, again, uh, Gordon, uh, I really appreciate you joining me. Um, I, I look forward to talking to you most every season and uh, uh, definitely love your stuff. So uh, good luck to you, sir. Um, Thank you. Hope you do good down there with uh, the snowpocalypse that's coming towards you. Oh, I know. <laughs> and, uh, and, yeah, we'll, we'll talk to you soon. Looking forward to the season. All right. Talk to you later, Tom. All right, Gordon. Take care, man. So there you have it, my talk with Gordon Holmes of XfinityTV.com. And I uh, wanted to thank everybody once again for checking out this podcast, the Film Survivor Podcast. Uh, again, if you are a Survivor fan, you can follow all of my stuff uh, at uh, it's at RealityT.com is the website that I'm covering Survivor for. I do uh, every week, I'll do an episode preview article. Uh, I do a full kind of reaction recap uh every Wednesday night, and then on Thursdays you can uh, find an article uh, with, you know, with my exit interview each week with the person voted off. Uh, this podcast will be linked into the Reality T, uh, Reality T article, so you can uh, go to Reality T for all of that Survivor coverage. You can also follow me at Tom Santilli. You can find this podcast, the Film Survivor podcast, on iTunes and on Podbean, and with that, I look forward to this week. Uh, Wednesday is the big uh, Wednesday night, of course, the number two episode of Survivor Game Changers. And uh, I'm looking forward to it. Thanks again, everybody, and uh, we'll see you next time on the Film Survivor Podcast.